Hello and welcome to the Revenue for Change podcast. Small Mice 9 have teamed up with Ecology for a podcast series like no other. It all formed from a few conversations with Dennis from Ecology. Adam and Dennis shared a single idea, net zero is an opportunity and not a threat. Net zero isn't a technology problem, it's a marketing problem. People don't understand the benefits to be gained from this massive change that's coming our way. At any other point in the history where there's been massive infrastructure change, people have made money. Think the industrial revolution, the consumer revolution, or the digital revolution. Also huge changes in society, infrastructure, and how businesses grew. And businesses grew out the back of them. Net zero is this next revolution, and to get people involved, they need to know where they can make money and how to grow their business. On Revenue for Change, we will be speaking to business owners who are leading the way and growing their business because of their net zero work and not in spite of it. Let's get stuck in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Revenue for Change. Um, Today, we are joined by the lovely Fleur from um, Haynes House, who are a weddings venue down based down in Kent. Fleur, do you want to give a bit of background about your business and and where you are and what you've been doing over the past few years in terms of your sustainability journey? Sure. Morning. Hi. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Um, so yes, my business is Hain House. We a wedding venue in Kent, as you said. Um, we run on average sort of ninety to hundred weddings a year. So fairly busy little place. Um, very busy this year. Um, we'll be doing that in the space of about four months. <laughs> um, and so we, um, in terms of our sort of sustainability journey, we, um, we committed to net zero uh, earlier this year. I think we were in the depths of uh, COVID and we actually used the spare time that we had uh, with no weddings to actually sort of really um, take bolder action in terms of sustainability. So, um, and that was very much fueled by the realization that we're in a very, very wasteful industry. You know, weddings are a wonderful indulgence, um, but it's, you know, the weddings as they are in terms now of waste and consumption for a one day event um, is just, in my opinion, not sustainable. So really it's taking responsibility for the emissions and the waste that we generate and, um, you know, taking a bit of a wider role in the industry as well to sort of share what we're doing with other businesses around us and beyond to sort of hopefully drive change um, and bring change to our industry. Brilliant, thank you. I think one of the, one of the key stats we discussed uh, probably quite a while ago now was around the amount of carbon emissions that actually are on the actual day of a wedding due to the setup of it is how much gets consumed on that one day. It'd be good if you could just unpack that a little bit more and, and the, the idea behind where the carbon emissions sit in that wedding profile, because I think it's quite unique for a, a business. So yes, of course, there's obviously, you know, uh, you know, on a wedding day, especially us, we're the venue, so it's the culmination of all those months of planning, and it's just, of course, you know, the impact on the day from us obviously having our staff uh, to food waste from caterers, but it's also every item that we see gets brought in for decor. Sometimes items that get used once, and then you know they might not even get taken away the next day. They could have been shipped from halfway across the world to obviously all the guests travelling to site. Um, to you know, dresses you know, dresses that might only be the what that will only ever be worn once, and we, and then an awful lot of consumption fueled waste. Um, you know, especially in terms of and even in terms of, of flowers, even excessive food. You know, it the whole day is an indulgence, um, and that doesn't mean to say that it has to be that way. And that, you know, it's kind of our we're taking upon ourselves to actually show that you 
you can have everything that you know a wonderful day that looks beautiful with everything and all your loved ones around you but you don't need that systematic waste that gets generated with it um so there's a lot of a lot of behavioral change and a lot of sort of change that needs to be done in the industry and i like a, a wedding is a is a celebration for the future as well uh, because of course you're 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 starting you know your life together and hopefully that's a long one so do you see the tie-in of sustainability in the marketing around that as well like do you see your your customers choose you because you care about uh the impact as well do you, do you would you would you classify it as a competitive advantage right now i think uh it's still a bit i think we're behind you know we're hospitality hospitality in general is behind Weddings are still behind, um, which is good because I mean we we able to sort of we've got everything to be done, and I'm sure you know by working together with the industry we can bring change. But certainly, you know we've been we're starting to hear conversations now. Or when couples book, we're starting to hear when they come to view. Oh, we liked what you're doing around sustainability. Um, you know that that drew us drew us to you, um, and of course, you know we are sort of taking action we're trying to talk about it not just to encourage others to sort of take action as well but to sort of to share and you know to, to kind of you know people to see that um that it can be done um so it's and if you think about our target market it's it's young millennials who care about climate change you know it's on their radar and we um we recently launched an initiative in may which is called um, a wedding doesn't have to have to cost the earth. It's an incentive that we put together. So basically, we produced 10, 15 steps that couples can take, um, swapping a product or a service or taking a particular step. And at this stage, we're as a business incentivizing it. And so if they take three steps, we'll make a donation to a local um, woodland trust. If they take five steps, they win a tour at a local vineyard. And if they take 10 steps, they can take part of a, um, a draw and win a lovely weekend away, et cetera. So this is kind of us sort of trying to, you know, incentivize to sort of drive um, them to make better choices and behavioral change. And so we've been able to monitor that. It's still very early days to, to we can't yet draw big conclusions, but it, we're trying to kind of gather the, trying to gauge the appetite um, for more sustainable weddings because we, we know it's going to grow. It's, it's, you know, it has to. Um, and about 25% of our couples are signing up to this scheme, which is pretty encouraging for a newly launched scheme. 20% are still saying, we're not interested. Um, but the rest are sort of saying, oh, tell us a bit more. And they, they want to know more. So they, the interest is there. But I think it, for us, it's still very much a case of showing um, they can still have the day that they want without making compromising, you know, compromises. It's us sort of taking away the pain in the decisions they, they think they might have to compromise on. Um, and I think demand is is growing. It's everyone, you know, all of us individuals are trying to be more sustainable. So, you know, I think it's a matter of time that until couples start thinking about the impact of their day. And I think a lot of them already are. So it's a growing, definitely a growing market and it makes sense on so many levels to, you know, for venues like ourselves to, to really start leading on this. Cool. The, the the program does sound like you're asking them to give something up or is it because like one of the one of the challenges that we see with 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 climate action is that the 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 the, the persona of climate action right now is you're not allowed to do this to do this you can't do that right like it's a bit 
angry nanny type persona. <laughs> um, uh, and, and we see more and more that there's actually opportunities to, to have a, uh, uh, a positive impact without having to give up things. So how's that balance of those 15 steps? How many are like, okay, you're giving up on something and how many are just changing your choices? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right. Because obviously, A, we're, we're in the business of doing, you know, we are here for the couple uh, to give them the best day of their life. So we are not in the position where we could say, you can't do that for your wedding day. That is just, so it's, all the steps are easy swaps. Um, it's sort of, you know, going paperless for an invitation as opposed to, you know, paper or maybe picking supplies in a certain radius so that they're um, greener. Thinking about, have you thought about uh, dried or silk flowers as opposed to perhaps flowers that may go to a waste? So it's more about, in, in a way, it's more about educating them about the alternative. So we never say, you know, don't do this. We, we'll, we'll propose an, an alternative and, a, and one that's easy and a nice alternative. So actually, because a lot of the time it's, it's light educating. It's like they have never necessarily thought um, that this particular product or service may have a, an impact. And once you sort of gently offer them an alternative or sort of explain the impact, they immediately of course that makes sense and they'll go with that but it's very much still early days you know we can't force force them we can't um ban certain things god knows sometimes it's very tempting um but it's more about lightly educating them have you thought about what might happen to this whereas this could be reused or whatever so it's just very gentle gentle um and it's inspiring because you know we have to we do events and photo shoots and style shoots so we'll we'll put in front of them better choices, you know, we edit the choices, so we only give them the better choices so that they can make that more responsible buying decision. And in terms of, I mean, my immediate perception of buying stuff locally or anything like that with a wedding is that it's gonna make it more expensive, essentially, it's gonna be a premium option that you're going for there. Have you seen, is that true? Or have you seen cost savings either to the business or to the, to the clients from those slightly more sustainable options? Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be more expensive. I think, again, because there isn't, you know, there, I think there's still a long way to go in our industry for there to have a whole range of products and services that are more sustainable. So I think, you know, a couple currently who really wants to have a sustainable wedding might struggle to find suppliers. You know, it's not mainstream enough. You know, hopefully in a few years, everyone will be, you know, every business will be, you know, sustainably, sustainable driven, and then, it, you know, it won't have to be seeking out. So it doesn't have to be more expensive. They may have, it may be a little bit more involved, still a bit more time consuming to seek out the slightly better options. You know, it's, but in terms of food, you know, for caterers perhaps um, wanted to give more sustainable options, that should actually become a saving, you know, more plant-based um, menus actually makes business sense, you know, but it's a question of making that menu sound amazing you know if you go we we went on a bit of a um, uh, tasting set on the vegetarian vegan restaurants in brighton this summer um and there's you know so it's all about making it sound epic you know so that actually couples still have the option to have steak if they want to but they are automatically drawn to these fantastic sounding dishes um so that from a catering perspective should actually make you know be a saving um and then for us for the venue, I mean, at this stage, we're still at the stage where we're having to invest. There were costs involved, short term, medium term, long term, but then long term will be a more um, 
our, our running costs will be more efficient. Our buildings will be almost self-sufficient, low running costs, much more um, enjoyable to be in. Um, and hopefully our waste costs will start to come down. We started really monitoring very closely this summer. So hopefully, you know, the knock-on effect of us driving our behavior will change, you know, internally, externally, all the people inside again, should hopefully start to see savings uh, with waste, uh, with our water usage. So, um, you know, yes, I think, you know, um, there are definitely savings to be to be had. Um, I was going to say just quick. Go on, Adam. Sorry, Dennis. Uh, one of the things I really liked about your website and your environmental policy was how you had a roadmap for the next. I think it was till twenty twenty eight, if I can't remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. But yeah, kind of of all the different things, actions you're taking, and, and roughly when you can do those. I was just wondering if you could expand a little bit more on some of those items you may have already done or, or planning to do at the minute, because I think. The buildings one's really interesting there where that is going to probably save you money if it is more insulated it's going to be a more attractive proposition there so yeah so in terms of i won't list them all but it ranges from um you know the easy things that businesses and you know, everyone's talking about now switch to led lighting you know it's, it has a small outlay for bulbs but you know you'll get that back in a few months um to we did a lot of work on procurement which um you know for our, our direct supply chain which there was, there was some savings there actually, but that, that was actually quite tricky because um, even though we're in Kent, you'd expect it'd be very easy to sort of, um, you know, get, you know, local sustainable suppliers, but actually it's, it's still quite hard. There's, there isn't really a sort of one-stop shop for, um, for supply. You know, it's still a lot easier to get everything from one wholesaler in wrapped in plastic, delivered on the same day as it is to kind of going with the more, more local um, sustainable uh, pro providers. But we have made a few, so that's taken time and a bit of resources and some products are, are a bit more expensive because obviously you're, you're buying products from people that do things better. So of course there's, you know, there's, there's some costs associated to that, but there were also some savings made um, some of those products. So actually overall it's balanced itself out. Um, this is in terms of our direct procurement. So everything from food, beverages, to also consumables. So now we have a refill station, so we buy everything in bulk. Um, so that has saved a lot of costs on toiletries, things like that. So, you know, um, that sort of took a bit of time to implement. Um, things like easy things, you know, switching to a green energy supplier, I, you know, very easy, a massive way to reduce your emissions. But it is more expensive still at the moment. But I think if you weigh, outweigh the huge uh, savings you can make on your emissions and the environmental benefits. I think that's a kind of very easy switch to make and a very good one to talk about because any business can do that fairly easily. Um, and then of course, obviously for us, the bigger investments are going to be the actual buildings itself. So we, we've got a rainwater harvesting system, which sort of collects the rainwater and stores it in a tank. We use that to water the lawns and to flush the loos in the orangery. Um, our, our main space for hosting the events is the is the orange That's that was built in 2018, so it's already incredibly efficient. And then this autumn we're going to fit a heat pump in that. So that building will pretty much be self-sufficient because it's so well insulated and so modern as it is. So that's kind of it's an expense, but a fairly easy one to do. But for example, we also have attached to the venue the original old country house, which is leaking heat, you know. 
Um, so, you know, that is a bigger expense. So for that, we've started replacing windows. So we've done half. We're going to continue this winter into next year. Then the next step is insulating before we can even think about putting um, a heat pump in there. So those are things, that's the, the big expense. Um, so that there's no getting away from that. There are some schemes and grants available, but, you know, there is no um, getting away from those big investments. But then, you know, in five or so years, we'll have very, you know, permanently small running costs. Um, and, you know, I think also, if you look at a venue, a building, whether it's a wedding venue, or even an office block or whatever, they, um, you end up with a building which is more efficient, more appealing. You know, if you have a portfolio of, of commercial buildings, you know, they're going to be more attracted to, to tenants, A, because they'll be cheaper, cheaper to run, for example, but also your tenants will be hitting their emissions by choosing your building over a one that's not efficient. So I think it's very, really important for any anyone in commercial sort of property to actually really be on this so that actually their their assets are not sort of lagging behind, you know, that they are modern, efficient um, assets because that's we're kind of adding value to that, um, you know, by its, you know, not efficient running costs. So it's really important to I think we're seeing at the minute, just very, I'll hand over to you in a minute, Dennis, and let you speak, but just very quickly at the minute, we're seeing um, in the UK gas wholesale prices have gone up 250% or so this year. That's not yet been fully passed on to consumers, but this does start making a much stronger case for, as you say, if, if you've got a massive country house there that's leaking heat throughout the winter when you're trying to heat it, that insulation suddenly becomes far more cost effective and you're removing that externality risk of if gas prices go up, it's not going to affect you as much because you're not actually using it that much energy in the first place. And maybe you are using ground source heat pumps or something like that on, on site, which you are in fully control of. And maybe five, 10 years in, in ahead, once electric vehicles are more established and we've got vehicle to grid technology and you know all these systems start working together and it becomes far more resilient as a business case because you actually own the energy generation rather than having to rely on external factors. Just a small rant on that point, Dennis. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. But it sounds like you really know, uh, know your stuff, man. It sounds like you spend a lot of time also on thinking about this. And I think a lot of entrepreneur operators uh, have an in, like, intention to do something about this, but are afraid of the amount of work that it, uh, that it costs to get your head around that. What was your experience like when it comes to that? Um, I, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people... A lot of people want to take action, but don't necessarily know where to start. They know they need to do it. They know it's coming. They, they, they know that they're going to have to do something. But I mean, I feel, especially in my industry, unless you're absolutely passionate at the moment, you know, we've been, we were closed for 12 months with COVID. So having these conversations with people say, you should really be, uh, you know, looking now to, uh, you know, increase your energy costs by going to renewables is a conversation that's not easy to have. But I think people want to do it. Um, but I certainly think, there, whilst there is, you know, there is a cost of implementation and action, there's also, in my view, a cost of inaction. You know, in my opinion, our target market, it's young millennials, they care about climate change. It's only a matter of time until they start, and I, I sincerely hope they do sooner, um, they start thinking, oh, what's the impact on my wedding day? And what can I do to reduce that impact? And that will be, right, well, let's maybe cut the number of guests or cut these products or services. So actually, if people in our industry, for example, don't start to take action to just to make weddings sustainable, that, that you know that couples don't feel that they have to cut down, then 
you know, there could be a cost, you know, because then there'll be less revenue for venues because they'll sell less drinks or less, less, less caterers or that people will start thinking, oh, we won't have that product or that service. So I think there's a real cost of inaction. And I think it's, you know, taking action now in an industry as wasteful as ours, we need to be able to be legitimate in the future world, you know, to prove that, that actually we are compatible with a sustainable wedding. So I think investing in that now is, is vital. Um, so, but it's still difficult conversations to have. We deal a lot with small businesses, some of the micro businesses as well. And it's true that, you know, cost is an, is an issue for them. So it's very much sort of, you know, um, perhaps showcasing the long-term, you know, the long-term benefits, the long-term need for action and, you know, just, being as vocal as we can as to look look if we can do it you know you can you can and, and also making the case that if we if we survived a year and a half almost of being closed then actually you know we can afford to invest more in you know in more more sustainability and taking action on the business you know it can be done so because you started you started the business right out of uni right like you came yeah. out of university can you yeah. tell a little bit about about the story how you got here and at what point did you decide okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start taking climate action as well like where did that initial thought come from so a little bit of so, the background yeah sure so i started i started after university i wanted to set up my own business um originally in wine um but that didn't happen it was 2008 and i was um and so this was i had another business at the time in serviced offices um and this was like a side project it was um uh, on a family estate, it was of my old family home, which had been empty for like decades. So it was starting it up as a uh, as a wedding venue, and you know, started with a marquee, and then it actually grew. And then in 2017, I ditched the marquee, built a purpose-built orangery, and then that was very much built with sustainability in mind. You know, um, you know, making the the space to host the weddings more sustainable. But I do think the the journey then came very much from a personal journey, then me becoming a, a parent, uh, being much more aware of our own, it was really driven by the realization of how we as a family and individuals were consuming and realizing, okay, there's, there's something not right with the way we consume um, and the way we, you know, eat, you know, food shopping, waste. And so then I started to make, we started to take a lot of action at home, you know, what we eat, um, how we consume. And then I started realizing actually it's, these are easily implemented at work and having these conversations with the team and the team were actually very quickly, really, really um, on board. And so then we started, you know, as a team to sort of take this more seriously and, you know, take action and, you know, take bolder action. So I wanted to commit to net zero. We were like, and actually this, we had already, we were a bit sidetracked by COVID, but actually these last, last year when we were closed, we were having a really difficult time. As a team, I took some of the, the staff off, off um, furlough. We sat together and we were focused nonstop on sustainability. And it was like the, positive boost that we all needed. And it was just amazing to focus together, to come together as a team on what we could achieve, the challenges we'd face. And they are so engaged, it's been so rewarding um, to see that we're all sharing these common values. You know, we all come in and do our job, but actually um, we all get a bit more out of doing our job well at work because we all 
every little thing that we do will make a difference. So um, yeah, it's been a really, really interesting journey. And it's the staff engagement, again, you know, you talk about revenue and profits, you know, these aren't necessarily tangible benefits of, uh, you know, business-wise of being sustainable, but actually having a really engaged workforce, having a workforce that's super motivated, that knows that you care, that they identify with your values, that does have an impact on your, you know, new revenue and, you know, on your staff turnover and, um, you know, even sort of, you know, um, um, appeal, you know, for good talent, et cetera. So there's a big business case even behind that, behind like, the engagement and motivation, which I'm sure, you know, you must also have experienced and also ecology as well, you know, so it's a big, big factor in terms of growth, I think. Absolutely. And when it comes to winnings, uh, like mine was a while back, I think it's 20 years now. Uh, so, so I'm a bit rusty, but, uh, but uh, I, I'd like the, my, my favorite present was uh, concert tickets to a U2 concert. Uh, and afterwards, my wife and I, like a couple of months afterward, we sort of went to that U2 concert and had that whole experience again, which was fantastic. Um, and I think there are some some sustainable presents and stuff as well. Do you have any tips for people, like if you want to give a present at a wedding, like what kind of sustainable things do you see that would be great alternatives? Oh, my goodness. Gifts. Well, I think anything that's, an ex as you say, experience, experience based is, is, is great. You know, um, I think couples that, that can actually ha put a bit of thought perhaps before into sort of a, a list or a gift or an experience or if it's where people contributing to things that they actually need rather than like oh you know because then you end up with lots of unwanted things or lovely things that you don't necessarily need so I think putting thought into what you will need and, and you know quality durable products that, you know like pots pans pocket that will last you um you know will last you for, for life and we also have some couples that now sort of um, also sort of uh, offsetting some of their the impact of their day as well so they like they'll make a donation we encourage them that you know as part of their steps as well to be greener to sort of and then they can say on the day you know thank you we've managed to raise x and this is going to a certain charity or planting certain trees or going to a carbon capture scheme so there's all sorts of things you know to sort of give back um, you know um, that, that they can do too so Lovely. Do you see the popularity of that rising? Like the, the 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 couple actually sort of spreading the sustainable message to their guests as well? I think it's really tough. I think they don't necessarily want to be seen as preachy to their guests. Um, you know, I think guests that come to a wedding where the couple is very much sustainably minded will know that of them already. Where um, I think, I still think we're, I still think too much is allowed perhaps to kind of be seen as it's a one-off it's a wedding um you know what we wouldn't normally do isn't it's okay to do i think um i think it's changing and a lot of couples are very aware but i still think um there's a real responsibility that the industry needs to take you know and that's why we're working also in the industry to to really kind of promote you know show sh show the way in terms of sustainability and maybe you know making everybody aware in the whole wedding supply chain of you know being more responsible so that it's less available to make choices that aren't necessarily you know necessarily very sustainable it's interesting though because this sort of speaks to your point adam that you know the climate crisis is not a technology problem but it's a marketing problem 
But like, as soon as you say something about like, oh, I would like you to take care of the planet when you visit my wedding, you're automatically seen as preaching. Like, yeah. it's almost like you have to apologize for caring for the planet. So it's a that's an interesting, uh, interesting conundrum to try and cover, especially in a wedding, of course. I, think yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, yeah, sorry, yeah, but yeah, for us, it's like behavioral change. And for us, for our industry, the, re the only way we can make a big impact is by really, yeah, promoting is marketing, you know, making sure that people only have the better choices. Everyone, if everyone would choose a sustainable product versus a non-sustainable one, if they had, if it was the same price and it was available, but at the moment it's not. So we have a lot of work as an industry to, you know, to market those products that we need to be responsible as an industry so that they, at the end of the day, why should they have to spend more time, more money on making better choices? It should be in the DNA of our, of our industry. I think it goes back to your point earlier, where you're saying about the, the meals at the wedding and making them plant-based because they are still delicious and they are more cost-effective and, and greener, all pulls in that one direction and it's not necessarily a compromise. And if yeah. you can put together those tasting menus for people to show that, you know, the not even a lack of meat but more it's you know a reduced menu so rather than having three meat options you only have one but that is a, a viable alternative that has benefits to them as well yeah it's just about making it a bit just make it as appealing as possible so, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, what, what's your what's your favorite sustainable alternative like what's the thing that you think right now is probably one of the one of the most interesting ones in the wedding world is it like reusable cutlery or like all of the bamboo cutlery I've tried has been horrible so I'm very keen to hear what your favorite alternatives are. I know. In terms of all those things as far as I'm concerned they're still disposable so you know for me that it's not a good sensible um, alternative. I mean there's a lot of you know, the best way to do is to borrow things and even in terms of dress hire you know a dress gets used one and it gets shoved in a loft you know so even get, you know, there are circular, um, circular models starting or hiring models starting where you can borrow your decor um, and then give it back or someone else can use them. Um, flowers as well, flowers are amazing, but they can be incredibly wasteful if they're not sustainably sourced or, you know, if they use um, oasis, things like that, that's a colossal amount of waste. So now there's a lot of more um, thought going to very uh, seasonal flowers, local flowers, um, and also silk flowers or dried flowers that people can use. They look amazing, actually. Some of them look absolutely stunning. You would not know that they're fake. Uh, and the impact is is minimal. Um, as much as I love flowers, fresh flowers, I do think this, that has a huge impact. So all those sort of products that can be reused, I think in our industry, it's the, it's the extravagance of single use you know it really does come to uh, you know so i think um having borrowing hiring is, is the way to go for our, for our industry for sure cool just, just to build on that question as well i think just to round off really is what what's what's exciting you at the minute what are the big opportunities that you see both for the business over the next 12 months and then maybe kind of three years or so that you are anticipating excited for either technology based or business model wise or, or anything like that what's what's exciting you at the minute um what's exciting me at the moment i think for us it's um very much oh it's a tough one <laughs> i mean what excites me is basically getting stuck in you know making us just start doing what we can to drive change i'm really excited that we 
as of this year, we've got an industry um, accreditation where we're, we're um, ambassadors for, um, which is the Sustainable Wedding Alliance. So basically now we have an accreditation body for our industry, which is amazing. So actually I can see this is the start of, of real change in our industry as uh, more and more businesses start to sort of be recognized as having a sort of industry accreditation where, um, you know, hopefully us as venue, we as a venue, we have actually quite a bit of influence along all our supply chain. So I'm excited that I think in the next few years, every, you know, smaller businesses, other venues will start, um, you know, being able to take action and, you know, really sort of change the way we're doing things. And um, I, I think there's, there's a lot of change coming, which is really exciting. I think in terms of tackling their scope three emissions, just to get a bit technical for the minute, that is where the change is going to come. And I think that's where the opportunity is. And especially from what you said today, where you're working with so many small businesses, as soon as, you know, 5% or even 3% of those businesses in that industry start asking and being aware of their emissions and thinking about it, that is enough to drive change throughout the entire sector sometimes. And you do just need that accreditation to build that momentum. And if everyone starts moving in the same direction and, and realizing that, you know, let's move towards a more circular economy within this where, where, you know, it's not single use stuff on the wedding day, it can then be resold and reused to other people and used more times. Yeah. All that is going to have benefits for people. And I think, as yeah. you said, that's where change is going to start happening. I think that's really, that's what <laughs> excites me really is that, is that scope three mobilizing all the small people to, to move in the same direction. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of change. Um, and also I think for businesses to realize, you know, the importance of, you know, sort of the value, you know, from a business perspective of them caring about the environment, you know, you know, that actually, you know, their the, the reputation, their brand, you know, that does actually have a have a lot of value that customers can see, oh, they care, you know, um, you know, they, they'll then, if they have a choice between two venues, one's doing things responsibly, that cares, you know, they'll, they'll pick that over the other. So, you know, there's also another business case for that, so that the real adding value to your business by, you know, by building that into your, you know, to the core of your business. So it's, uh, yeah, a time for change, really exciting, uh, overdue, but yeah, it's very exciting times ahead, I think. Brilliant, I think that's a great point to, to round this up on. Thank you very much for coming on and talking through your business. Um, I'll put links to your uh, website and to the Stable Wedding Alliance in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in finding out more, you can find all that there and yeah, see you on the next episode. Brilliant, thank you, thank you very much.